Welcome to Medically Speaking Radio. I'm Dr. Mark Vaughn. And I'm Larry Finney. I'm a doctor. And I'm not. Let's get started. All right. So, uh, this is a new experience. It is. Uh, Remote podcasting. Not face-to-face. No, we were, were doing our social distancing. Yeah. Yeah, even even while restarting a podcast, which actually kind of is the reason we're able to restart it is uh, all the free time and not able to get out. So it makes sense to bring back Medically Speaking Radio. Good, because, you know, you figure if people are that bored that they'll actually listen to this podcast. You know, it's time to bring it back. My understanding is that social media consumption has increased. And I think we would, would we fall under that? I think we are. Yeah podcasts and youtube and i've been doing all of youtube also i don't know if you caught any of it but i'm putting out the material there no no i'm i try to get away from from uh doing too much but you, you do find yourself it's almost like eating cheetos or something you know you, it, you it is open the bat, yeah you're pretty next thing you know you got orange fingers except with cheetos you can empty the bag and with the never-ending scroll, there's there's no end. Oh God, yeah, yeah that's so true. What, what's 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 one to do? Uh, so to our listeners, we really should kind of orient them. Uh, we we have that loyal following from years ago, medically speaking, radio, both on a local radio station and as a podcast. And we have new listeners who who've never been a part of this and are wondering what what's this all about? Two guys, two old men just talking. But we actually do get, cover medical topics. We do, um, you know, because you're a doctor and I'm not. So I ask lots of questions about doctor stuff. Yeah, yeah. And and, and it's it's turned out to be an entertaining program for many of the viewer, viewers, listeners. Yeah, and for some of them, uh, uh, just a regrettable experience for which they think to themselves, I'll never have that half hour of my life back again. <laughs> so we are making a, a definite effort to not talk about COVID-19 because it's all that we're always surrounded by. And every time you turn on anything, it's a new story about it and a new rumor about it. And Well, it seems to be the same story about it over and over. And that was why I was saying I have COVID-19 fatigue. But on the other hand, the reality is here we are recording this on May the 3rd in the year of our Lord 2020. And in the great state of California here, we're we're still on the uh, shelter in place mode. And... There's been a groundswell, uh, agree or disagree, that you know many people are saying, "Come on, let us out! It's time to end this thing. You're killing the economy." Um, yeah, yeah. I, well, I, I can't remember the source. You know, this is the bag of Cheetos thing again. You know, I'm scrolling through so many things, but I I saw one article where the guy, the the author who was a doctor, basically said, "Let let's look at it this way. We have." The curve seems to be, you know, somewhat flattened. And the question we have yet to answer is, is it flattened because we're all hiding in place and, and social distancing and segregating ourselves? Or is it because maybe it's not as bad as we once thought or that the models have predicted? Because the models don't don't add any uncertainty. They just sort of, you know, make some assumptions and then project. Now, I, I guess an analogy I could give is my youngest son, uh, when he was a teenager, 
he he developed a habit of just spitting. And we'd be out in the backyard barbecuing and he'd just spit. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's kind of disgusting. And I'm saying, okay, okay, why are you spitting? Why do you need to do that? And he would say to me, it keeps the elephants away. <laughs> and so I'm wondering if we're keeping the elephants away through our spitting, so to speak, or is it possible? Because he would say, you know, that you don't see any elephants, do you? Or is it possible that there just aren't any elephants? You know? Well, it get, it's so geographically dependent. You know, if, if you're talking to somebody in New York, they're going to have a very different experience than we are here. Yeah. In fact, I did recently talk to someone in New York using Zoom. <laughs> it was kind of a, a semi-class reunion kind of thing. And her experience was absolutely entirely different from those of us living in a you know, semi-rural Northern California County where, you know, the incident is, is microscopic compared to New York city. Yeah. 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 Based on experiences of other countries, uh, you can look at places like Taiwan, for example, where they were absolutely right on top of this thing from the beginning, less than 500 cases at this point, or at least as of a week ago. So, that's what we can do. We can see those places that loosen restrictions. And uh, if we can wait two weeks more, I don't know if we can, but if we can wait two weeks more, we may see a difference between before and after in a number of places compared to places that didn't loosen the uh, the shelter in place. Well, I think we're about to see that anyway. There are, there are some states and some localities that have loosened up or maybe in some cases never really went into full lockdown mode. Yeah. And now we have our, you know, compare and contrast. But, you know, yeah. every day I'm reading uh, articles about this restaurant having to close. This this former uh, decade, and, and so, it, it's an institution. So, this restaurant was an institution. Now they're forced to close or whatever. Sometimes that's sad and sometimes it, it really doesn't hurt me that that restaurant closed. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yes, it is sad for most of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, but. But, um, you know, you hate to see the, the, the small business owners. Yeah, I do. You know, losing their businesses yeah. or, or unable to, you know, and then what's yeah. this with the, the, the stories about food supplies, you know, farmers having to destroy milk and eggs and so forth because they can't get produce. Them. Yeah. 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 Cause the restaurants aren't open. That's concerning. Well, it's crazy. It's absolutely nuts. Yeah. I mean, you know, so. Yeah. What is what is the old adage about you know the cure should not be worse than the illness? Yes, yeah, um, and, and that's the thing. You know, if if we were like New York City, if we didn't do this, would that be worse than the social restrictions? Well, I, I, and of course. So going back to the scenario of uh, is this thing not as bad as we thought, or is it? is it slowing down because we are sheltering in place to answer that question? What do we need to do? Do we need, we need to do more widespread testing? Yeah. And then that's what they're getting right now. We, you know, we just had a conversation in our County anyways, and it's a nationwide thing too, that more testing is, is, is getting rolled out. Um, in, in our County, the conversation that we have, the doctors all get on a phone together with uh, the primary care doctors like myself with a health officer in the County. And he said, one of the changes right now is go ahead and if, as long as you have supplies for it, 
test everybody who has symptoms. That's new. Yeah, and I read something about a, a, a test, or a, I should say it was an experiment, if you will, uh, that took place in Santa Clara County. Uh, was conducted by Stanford, and I think they they selected a random sample of I mean, a representative sample of uh, slightly over three thousand people, whether or not they presented with symptoms, and found uh, a certain a fairly high highish number of them had the um, what do you call it um, evidence of of the um, antibody. Okay, I think you're referring to a test that Stanford did uh, in cooperation with tests also done by USC in L.A., where they found 4% of people tested positive in L.A. Yeah, maybe. It was, it was, it was recently done. I think it was just at the very beginning of April, and it's, it has yet to be peer-reviewed. And given what we were thinking, that 4% was astoundingly high. Yes. Uh, even though it's just 4%, which means we still have 96% of people to have to get immunity to this one way or the other. Right. Well, and, and how does that occur? Okay. So I guess the other question I would ask is the person having to shelter in place is what is the seminal event or set of conditions that has to be in place before someone sounds the all clear and we get to come out of hiding? Yeah. It, well, there's two different ways to go about it. One way is what we're doing currently. Everybody is, quarantined. The other way is to track it and get it back under control where we don't have community spread because we know everybody who has it because of widespread testing. And we have them quarantining themselves so that the people who haven't had it yet can come out and have normal life with those who have gotten over it. Because it does look like people have immunity after they've had it. Yeah, and, and it does look like people stop being contagious after a point. Yeah, and and, the, and we got rules for that now. Like, if if they're um, the total of ten days after onset of symptoms, and at least three days without any fever or symptoms, and is it two days after they test, uh, two consecutive days, test negative on the nasal swab, it, it's something along the lines of this then go ahead and, and be in public again. Yeah, on the other hand, I keep hearing things like, but we're not sure that just because someone has had it, that they have developed the so-called any form of immunity to it. Yeah, the question from that comes from situations in China where people would have had symptoms and then tested later and continue to test positive by the either nasopharyngeal or, or nasal swab test and what we think may be going on is because of what that test is checking, it's, it's just looking for fragments of RNA. And it may be that fragments of RNA stick around a long time without a person actually having virus that can replicate in them. Okay. So, so they think those were false positives. Okay. So either way, one way or another, we're all going to, I suspect we're all going to, unless there's a, a vaccine developed like tomorrow, most of us are going to get and it does look like there's there, there does look like there is one that is protecting rhesus monkeys uh exposed to the virus it, there's a vaccine keeping them from getting it so it's and there's there's human trials of some of these uh vaccines too so many different trials going on 
and they're ramping up production for them even before they know which one it is that's going to work. That's that's how much money is being poured into this and how much effort to get this going. Well, I think that that's the whole the problem with this is, you know, we're all running around with our metaphorical hair on fire and everybody's trying to be the first to come up with a vaccine to be the first to do whatever. And it, I, I think your metaphor needs to be on a different show than ours. Yeah, perhaps. But but the you know, we're just this rush to find something, you know, often leads us into, you know, false conclusions or whatever. I, you know, yeah. you know, I'm just hoping they can settle down and figure out that, you know, maybe it's, is it not as bad as we thought come out of hiding, get it or don't get it. <laughs> and those that are mm. definitely high risk. Okay. So how, how do we explain that children don't seem to be affected? That is, that's, to me, that's an odd thing. What is it that children have, or the youngest, that they don't they don't seem to catch the thing? Well, that's true for everything. Well, I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say that. That is true for a lot of illnesses that adults get. Um, children, of course, get the things that adults already had and they don't get anymore. All those viruses and those rashes that you don't see adults walking around mm-hmm. with. But they 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 have a much younger immune system. And once they get their antibodies or get their vaccinations, they're in a really good place. As we get older, our cells that are the elements of our immune system, they just don't function as well. And and you may notice that about other parts of your body, too. (laughs) Well, and so that explains why they say the at-risk category of people in this situation are those over a certain age, roughly 65, and or with a compromised immune system. Correct. So, so, and for some reason, hypertensives. Yes. And so those folks, you know, go ahead and continue to shelter or be careful about where you go and keep your social distancing going on. But is there any yeah. reason, for example, that we couldn't reopen uh, elementary schools? Or like, I think we're close to it. I, I think they just want to be able to have the testing in place. Yeah. Um, so that everybody who is out and, and having lots of contact people with people gets tested. And then, of course, you know there's going to be those uh, Freedom Party people who, or maybe I'm picking the wrong party, libertarian type that don't want to be tested. Yeah, okay. And, and that's... That, that feel like they have the right to not okay. be. Okay, and I, I guess that's true. I mean, doesn't any patient have the right to refuse medical treatment, right? Yeah, yeah. So, you know... That, that's, that's a tricky one, well, isn't that's it? that's on them. But I would I would suspect that the majority of folks, or the, even if even if a, that particular group, uh, for ideological reasons or whatnot, didn't want to be tested, you could still get a nice large representative sample that would um, from which you could draw reasonable conclusions. Yeah, yeah, I think we will. Yeah, you know what? This would probably be a really good place for us to. Thank our sponsor. Indeed. Why don't we do that? And we are indeed thankful to have a sponsor that helped us to to come back to Medically Speaking Radio, the podcast. Yeah, and 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 to help us bring us to this the giant uh, listening audience that we uh, hope to <laughs> derive from this well, one day. <laughs> you say that uh, just since I got all the stuff lined up to distribute this overnight, we already have people from South Africa, Australia, and the United States listening just overnight <laughs> since since I got all of the uh, stuff lined up with the you know the commercials on the old inventory of podcasts wow so we truly are on the world wide web 
Yeah, that quickly. Well, so before the break, we were talking about uh, what it's going to take to get us out of the, the COVID-19 situation. But COVID-19 is not the only uh, epidemic that's that's going around in different places in the world. We're actually finding that there's problems that aren't getting addressed because of everything being focused on the uh, coronavirus. Well, yeah, that's, that's the um, virus du jour and, and the other the other existential threats are being ignored. Like, like whom? Well, like Ebola in uh, Africa that is having a resurgence and they're really strained already to take care of that, especially with their social situation there, but also just uh, vaccine campaigns that already they're having difficulty with. Um, what I know in, uh, yeah, again, in the Congo, the, the DRC, uh, measles is one of them. A polio is one of them. And then uh, polio also in other parts of the world that oh, they were so close to wiping it out, so close. And then, you know, war happens and they get knocked back away from that. So it does still exist in two different locations in the world. That's suffering but from those it. are two diseases. And then just the routine medical yeah, But those care. are two diseases mm-hmm. that they, they have definite vaccines for and they can wipe out. Now, Mike, Mike you, you mentioned Ebola. That one sounds like a pretty scary thing. Why is it, though, that it seems to be concentrated in Africa only? Why wouldn't it have broken out just like this Wuhan COVID-19 well, thing? It, it, did, it did for a little bit, and they got a hold of it. They, uh, it's not as fast as something that's um, respiratory like the coronavirus, apparently. I, I'm I'm not sure why it didn't spread as badly. I think part of it is so many people with it die so that people take it much more seriously and so that it doesn't have as much chance to spread when, you know, the person's already dead. Well, is there, is there, is there, easy for me to say, is there a vaccination for Ebola? I, I thought there was, um, I should check that before talking like that. Yeah. Uh, and, and they, they have, uh, they do have treatments for it. In fact, it's some of the treatments for Ebola that they were trying out for coronavirus. Okay. Well, okay. And, but, but would you say that Ebola is more deadly than at least at this point that we, we suspect than the, the COVID-19? By okay. far. Uh, yeah, no, no, nobody would, uh, debate okay. that, you know, with, with the, with the wildest, uh, wildest uh, estimates on COVID-19, it's still four to five percent. That That's really stretching the numbers to say that. Whereas Ebola, it's somewhere around 33 oh, wow. percent. Well, okay. I, I, I guess I would be remiss if I didn't ask you at the risk of putting you on the spot. Do, do you think that we're, we could start releasing people back into the real world or should we continue to shelter in place? Or what do you think needs to be done at this point? I, I think a, uh, a staged approach to increasing uh, social interaction married together with widespread standardized testing and tracking of contacts through whatever this app is they say is being developed. And I think that is indeed what's being worked on here in our state, even, even as we speak, getting those things yeah, to happen. I would, I would expect we're going to see a resurgence of some sort, whether it's as big as the original, you know, models have predicted or whatever, but you know, if we can't hide forever, eventually we're going to have to come out 
yeah. and and get exposed Absolutely. to it. And we're either going to catch the darn thing as I mean, as an individual, you're going to catch it and get over it and be done with it, or uh, it'll it'll do you in. And <laughs> I mean, I hate yeah. to say that, but I mean, it, it's almost like. There's nothing we can do in this world, in this life that is without risk. We drive, we drive yeah. on the freeways all the time. You know, we could say, yeah. shut down I, the freeways and that would I, eliminate I, highway deaths. Well, it yeah. would, but you know, and you know, I say that. Yeah. Actually it's the cars, not the exactly. Highway. Well, cars would still, the, the highway would still be useful yeah. without cars. Uh, the, the other thing is I, I do think that if we can hold on just long enough for those things to be put in place, the public health measures I just mentioned, and what we talked about earlier, see what happens in those states that are relaxing the social exactly. distancing. Give it if we can if we can hold on for two more weeks, and I know that's hard for a lot of people. Uh, I know that there's some people getting in some different situ, uh, desperate situations, and and we do need to figure out how we can go, you know, just a little bit longer. And I don't know that people have the patience for it, but if mm-hmm. we could. Give it two weeks of other states relaxing social distancing measures and see what happens to the numbers. Okay, what would two weeks from today be in terms of the date? This is the, uh, what would I just say this was? This is the third. Tomorrow it's. Well, I think a lot of them changed their rules on May 1st. Okay. So about mid-May, we mm-hmm. have some some inkling. That would be two weeks. You know, so. 12 days from today. So we'll have some inkling um, as to what's happening in those places where the restrictions have been relaxed. Yeah. You know, I, I back a bag of Cheetos. I don't always finish every Cheeto. So an article that I bumped across and didn't delve into, I just saw this little factoid that I think it was Sweden never went into full lockdown. Yeah. I don't know what's so what's their situation having never gone into full lockdown did they run into any uh, epidemic problems or do you remember what well what I'm going to do is check the Johns Hopkins website have you ever seen the coronavirus Johns Hopkins coronavirus map? no I haven't Does, is it a is it a oh. worldwide map it's a real time map with oh, wow. numbers yeah it's pretty cool uh but it doesn't work real well on mobile devices <laughs> But it does keep this continuing count. Like right now, they have total confirmed almost 3.5 million total deaths, uh, 246,000. Worldwide. Yeah. That's worldwide. I'm, I'm switching to the desktop version now. And it shows a map. And on the map, and, oops, I, I was going to say, while, while you're broke. looking for that, it might be a good idea. I don't know if we have the capability of show notes or whatever, but at least give our listeners the URL. Yeah, the link to it. Yes. Speaking of things that we want to give to our listeners in the uh, show notes would include the link to leaving voice messages. Oh, that would be fabulous. So Sweden has, uh, according to this, over 22,000 cases and over 2,600 deaths. Okay. And, And again... Now, if you do your numbers, you realize, wow, 10% of those tested died. Uh, of, well, and those tested, does tested mean those the cases that presented? Or does that do, are there many more cases yeah. that they, they're not in the denominator? Right. Absolutely yeah. there are. Also, um, 
Yeah. So what, it's not okay. That so what about and and how does that compare on a per capita basis? I, mean, I have no idea what this, the uh, the population. Of See, I don't know what the populations of those countries are. I, 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 you know, I could, I could just, you know, jump over mm-hmm. to Norway, but I don't know what the population of Norway is compared to Sweden. I know it's, it, it takes up less land, a lot less land, and and they have seventy eight hundred cases and two hundred eleven deaths. But I think there's a lot fewer people. Okay. In, in well, Norway. It, again, uh, you know, th- not to minimize or denigrate or or, or discount the number of deaths, but. Um, you know, if you look at the demographics of the deaths, it's in the high risk categories The your, your general younger, stronger crowd could probably safely get out and about and, uh, you know, get back to uh, manufacturing toilet paper, for God's sake. Yeah, if if we. Act, yeah, 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 that's yeah. what we're working toward. <clears throat> if we can keep them from coming in contact with the other people and that's not going to happen, but we can try our best yeah. to limit it. Well, okay. Um, it's going to be a very different show the next time. Yeah, yeah, and <laughs> hopefully good. we'll have some additional data. I mean, real, actual data, not just anecdotal stuff to to yeah. work with. I, I'm I'm really and, and maybe a medical topic about uh, hopefully, else. yeah, we can move on to something else. But you know, <laughs> at, at, at this time, everybody's kind of interested in. But, it. Plus, archaeologists yeah. years from now, when they're studying the demise of the of the uh, you know human species you know will the alien life forms or whatever will be listening and they can learn something from it you know this is what killed them they were too stupid to you know, they hid in place too long allowed their economies to collapse and you know, there we go if, yeah. if that's the case yeah yeah statue of liberty on the beach yeah you've done it now <laughs> that's and of course that is the the ending scene uh, so uh, planet of the apes of course yeah. Right. What I meant was it's it's yep. means we reached Indeed. the end. As we have reached the end of this particular but, podcast. So we thank end of the podcast, oh, not no. the end of see in, in my line of work when we reach the end, it's usually yes. like during a physical exam and I've studied every other yeah. part of the body and, and only the end is left. Never mind. But uh we, we like to thank our listeners for listening up to this point and putting up with this uh non foolishment and uh hopefully you will uh tune in for the next one. And if they use that link to leave voice messages, they can actually be a part of the show and give us suggestions for topics that they really want to hear besides COVID-19. And I I guarantee you that there's a lot of things they'd rather listen to than COVID-19. Yeah, but not anything they'd rather listen to than our voices. I I cannot imagine someone wanting, when you've reached the perfection that we've attained, why would you go anywhere else? As as we talk to each other miles apart yes, over social phones. distance, it, yep. it will be better in person. All right. Well, thank you so much, Larry. Well, that's all we have for this week, folks. Tune in next week when once again you will hear Dr. Mark Bond say, "Until next time, stay in good health." Mm-hmm.